I'm here. It really is me, and I Gas really am live. Up percent. Oh, I'm firing up the audio too quick. Look, you would think I was a professional here. <laughs> Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you would like to be on the program, 877-973-7425. Uh, we, we had a, um, a illness sweep through the house, uh, and... I had to go get the kids from school and then had to take them to the doctor. So I have been scrambling around. My wife has strep throat. So I am playing Dr. Dad. And uh, sadly, given the way things are going, I'm not going to be able to go to the Masters after all. Very disappointed. But that's okay. Uh, Getting the family well is more important. I guess maybe. <laughs> All right, we got stuff to talk about, y'all. I, I I was I was a little bit heartbroken, uh, by, by having everybody in the house get sick this morning because today is my favorite day of every even numbered year. I realize you don't know this. Today is the day that I look forward to. It is the day. I, so I'm a political junkie. I love politics. I mean, I'll talk about all the different news to you, theology, culture, you name it. I'll talk about it all. But this is one of my favorite things to do uh, in politics. And today is the day to be able to do it. And I wanted to start the show with Gus today, and now I can an hour later than expected. But today's the day. It is the day the media analysis of ad campaigns comes out. Meet the press. God bless Chuck Todd. He is a an, an ad nerd uh, like I am when it comes to this, regardless of what you think about Chuck Todd. I happen to like the guy. Chuck Todd loves political ad campaigns, and I love political ad campaigns. I used to do political advertisements, and there's actually a methodology to the ad campaigns. The ads can tell you a ton about campaigns. And I'm going to play you the ads because I have the ads and I have the data on the ads, thanks in large part to Meet the Press, that did the data. And it is a doozy for the Democrats. Here's the thing. When you let me talk about Raphael Warnock for a moment uh, in Georgia. Raphael Warnock is a progressive Democrat. He calls himself a reverend and he is pro kid killing. Uh, he is uh, for the transgender community, you, you name it, all, all the stuff the Bible says you shouldn't be doing, Raphael Warnock is all about it, uh, and, and yet calls himself a reverend. Raphael Warnock is a progressive's progressive. You would never know that. He's running ads all over the state of Georgia. If you're a white guy watching sports, you're going to see a streaming ad from Raphael Warnock about how he is fighting for small businesses against the Washington regulators. If you're an old person, you're going to see an ad from Raphael Warnock saying how he is fighting to lower the cost of insulin and prescription drugs. If you are middle-aged and black, you're going to see ads about the civil rights movement and fighting to expand the franchise. If you are gay and transgender, you're going to see ads in the streaming wars in Metro Atlanta on sticking up for civil rights and equality. And if you're a farmer in South Georgia, you're going to see ads on standing up for farmers and a robust farm economy. If you are a black farmer, you're going to see an ad about how the agriculture department has historically discriminated against black farmers and he's fighting for you. He's done over 70 variations of streaming ads. In 2021, in the runoff, uh, the Republicans did two variations to, to his 76. 
John also, by the way, did over 30. Uh, David Perdue did four. Kelly Leffler did two. They are hyper-targeted. Uh, I can watch the ESPN Plus streaming service on my Apple TV and see ads cater to uh, small businesses and white people. And a friend of mine who's black was telling me in, in Atlanta, he watches on the streaming service, and he sees all the, the ads catered to him as a black man uh, focused on civil rights. They're that polished. And you know what Raphael Warnock doesn't do? Doesn't say he's a Democrat, and it doesn't mention Joe Biden. Here's the data from Meet the Press. Republicans thus far have run 28 ads on the border. 29 ads in March about Joe Biden, seven about China, uh, six from the Republicans, one from the Democrats, four on Nancy Pelosi from the Republicans, 18 total ads in March on inflation, 14 from the GOP and four for the Democrats. And by the way, woke mob, radical left, seven ads in March for the GOP. Here's the total, and this is the, the mind-blowing one. The number of ads from January 1st to today that referenced Joe Biden, 79, 29 of them came in March. The number of ads that referenced Nancy Pelosi, 15, uh, six of them were in January, only four of them now. They've moved, the GOP's moved other stuff. Uh, on China, the ads were six in January, six in February, seven in March for a total of 19. And on Dr. Fauci, eight ads, all of them from Republicans. The Democrats are avoiding mentioning Joe Biden. They're avoiding mentioning Nancy Pelosi. They're avoiding mentioning uh, Fauci. They're avoiding mentioning crime. Now, I want to play you some of these ads because I I, I want to walk you through one. Uh, the governor of Kansas is a Democrat. Kansas is a very Republican state, but they had a bad nominee last time, four years ago. The Democrat is now running for office. Again, you need to understand about Kansas. Kansas is Republican and conservative, but not super so. And a Democrat can win the governor of Kansas if the Republican is too stridently about social issues and not populist pocketbook issues. And that's what happened this past time. And it got a Democrat elected. And now she's running in an environment uh, that's not 2018, not with Donald Trump as president, but with Joe Biden as president. And I've got to talk you through this ad. We're going to listen to it together. And I got to talk you through some of the visuals. This is the incumbent governor of Kansas's ad. It wasn't that long ago, a reckless tax experiment left Kansas with huge budget deficits and dangerously underfunded There was a picture schools. of Sam Brownback, so the former governor. voted for change. Governor Laura Kelly. She brought together Democrats and Republicans to balance the budget, fully funding our schools, fighting for a tax cut for every Kansan. And when adversity hit, she worked with both sides. There's an image right here. It says Governor Laura Kelly, and it has her with Donald Trump. This is Governor Laura Kelly, a Democrat, running an ad in Kansas showing her talking to Donald Trump. Always putting what's best for Kansas ahead of party politics. Governor Laura Kelly getting Kansas back on track. That's Governor Laura Kelly. You never hear her say that she's a Democrat. You hear her say she brings Democrats and Republicans together. You hear her or you see visually in this ad uh, Donald Trump and her talking together. Now, the Republicans have come up with a response to Governor Kelly in Kansas. 
Gas prices up 38%. Food prices up 8%. Used car prices up 41%. Everywhere you look, prices are up. That means your bank account is down. Does Laura Kelly care? Kelly vetoed four different tax cut bills, which could have put more money in your pocket. And Laura Kelly even vetoed axing the food tax, making you pay more for food. Now, after four years, Laura Kelly is trying to change the subject. Tell Laura Kelly her high taxes are something Kansans can't afford. That's the Republican response. Yes, she she starts her ad with, oh, Sam Brownback uh, did this reckless tax cut scheme. And now the Republicans are responding, saying, uh, we tried four tax income tax cuts and you vetoed them. And we tried to cut the tax on grocery stores and you vetoed that lady. Now, I'm going to play you one that I'm even more interested in. I'm, I'm just going to play this ad. I'm not going to tell you anything about this ad. And then you guess. Let's see here. Here we go. I'm not going to tell you anything about the ad. The price of gas, housing, prescription drugs soaring. The old way of doing things isn't working. I'm Andrew Kalik. I'm the son of public school teachers, a father of three, and a former lawyer at the ACLU. I'm not taking any money from corporate PACs, big pharma, or the fossil fuel industry. I'm running for Congress to bring a new generation of leadership that puts Oregon first, not the special interests. I approve this message to bring real change for your family and for mine. Well, okay, the, the I was a lawyer for the ACLU probably goes away. That guy's a Democrat. He's running for Congress in Oregon. But uh, and if you see his if you see his logo, it says Democrat for Congress in very fine print. But let's go back to the beginning of the ad and, and look at his approach here. This is very interesting how he's talking about it. Price of gas, housing, prescription drugs soaring. The old way of doing things isn't working. The old way of doing things isn't working. Who do you think is old? Who do you connect to the word old? So he's running for Congress, and he doesn't want to mention Joe Biden. He wants to passive-aggressively take a swipe at the old ways of doing things in Washington. He doesn't want to say he's a Democrat in the ad, just that he worked for the ACLU. He's, he's, a, he's a good poindextery uh, hipster uh, progressive out in, out in Oregon, and he doesn't want you to know he's not proud to say those things on the radio or on the, on the television. He wants to focus on, on all these other things. I'm just fascinated by their refusal. Now, here's one more. This is from Tim Ryan, Democratic congressman. He's running in Ohio. Listen to his ad. This is fascinating to me, the way he's going after this. China. It's definitely China. One word, China. It is us versus China. And instead of taking them on, Washington's wasting our time on stupid fights. China is outmanufacturing us left and right. Left and right. America could never be dependent on communist China. It is time for us to fight back. We need to fight back. It's time to fight back. Yeah. We need to build things in Ohio by Ohio workers. Yeah. I'm Tim Ryan, and I approve this. Uh, you have no idea what party he's in. 
just we need to fight, fight, fight. And it's China, 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 China. There's no Joe Biden. Uh, He blasts Washington, D.C. This is the environment that Democrats are running in. They can't take credit for anything. Notice how they're shifting blame elsewhere. Laura Kelly, the Democrat in Kansas, trying to blame Sam Brownback, the former governor. The guy in, in Oregon vaguely blaming the old ways of doing things. And Tim Ryan in, in Ohio, he's blaming China. Now, two Republican ads. The Democrats are more fascinating to me because they're playing on defense. The Republicans, they're on offense. 28 ads this month alone from, or in March from the GOP on the border. This is one out of Alabama. Uh, this is uh, Katie Britt. Biden's open border is killing Alabamians. Drug overdoses at record numbers. Girls sold into sex slavery. And Joe Biden is too weak to stop it. Christian conservative Katie Britt will fight back. She'll build the wall. Stop the trafficking of drugs and young girls. Support law enforcement. And protect your right to protect your family. Katie Britt will put Alabama first. Alabama Conservatives Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. Yeah, this is an outside group for Katie Britt. The border wall, the fentanyl crisis, human trafficking, all there. Now, Ron Johnson, senator from Wisconsin, this is his advertisement uh, running for re-election. Inflation has surged to a 40-year high. Democrats declared war on fossil fuels, so gasoline prices are at record levels. President Obama's chief economist says inflation is costing your family $4,000 a year. Why? Because Democrats are printing trillions of dollars to pay for their massive deficit spending. Inflation is the Democrats' tax on the middle class. I'm Ron Johnson, and I approve this message because I'm concerned about rising prices just like you. Oh! That's Ron Johnson. He's actually uh, appears in, in the ad. He does the voice for the ad, and it's all about the Democrats. Inflation, high prices, the Democrats are on defense. This is always the most fascinating time of year for me. We have the data now. It's very interesting to me how they word the ads, how they, how they produce the ads, what their message is, and you hear this from the Democrats. The Democrats are all, you're, you're not going to hear them say they're Democrat. Even in a state like Oregon, a state that is Democrat, the Democrat does not say he's a Democrat. In Ohio, doesn't even want to mention that he's a congressman, doesn't want to mention he's a Democrat. He wants to blame China. We need to fight, fight, fight China. And then the governor of Kansas wants to blame her predecessor and take credit for things, and the Republicans are having none of other. Meanwhile, the Republicans are absolutely on offense. It's Joe Biden's border problem. It's Joe Biden's inflation. It's the Democrats' price rises. It's the Democrats' war on gasoline. This is not a good environment for the Democrats when those are the messages, and you can tell by the ad campaigns. I'm always fascinated by this stuff, and this year, It is all defense for Democrats. You will not see them on the campaign trail with Joe Biden, except in highly progressive areas. And even then, they might be mad at him because they don't think he's progressive enough. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson. Glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. You have probably heard of Ann Applebaum. She's a uh, distinguished writer of European affairs, global affairs, among other things. Uh, she has been sounding the alarm against the rise of authoritarianism in the world. She thinks that, um, oh, what's it, Orban in, in Hungary is like the second coming of Hitler or some such. Uh, she's one of many people who were broken by Donald Trump. 
And that's one of the sad issues with the American press corps today is how many of them have been broken by Donald Trump. She was asked a question at a forum. A University of Chicago student asked this question of her. Listen to this. My question is for Ms. Applebaum. Um, so in 2020, you wrote, those who live outside the Fox News bubble do not, of course, need to learn any of the stuff about Hunter Biden, referring to his laptop, of course. Uh, a poll later after that found that if voters knew about the content of the laptop, 16% of Joe Biden voters would have acted differently. Now, of course, we know a few weeks ago, the New York Times confirmed that the content is real. Do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed uh, Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what can we learn from that in ensuring that what we label as disinformation is truly disinformation and not reality? I mean, my, my problem with Hunter Biden's laptop is I think totally irrelevant. I mean, it's not whether it's disinformation or, I mean, I don't think the Hunter Biden's um, business relationships have anything to do with who should be president of the United States. So I, I, didn't I don't find it to be interesting. I mean, that, that would be my problem with the, that as a, as a major news story. Uh, I, I didn't find it interesting. You have the son of the president of the United States, if you follow to read the emails and bother to read them, the son of the president of the United States using his father's name and connections and suggesting he's funneling money to his father from these foreign governments and entities. And his father is running for president of the United States. And she didn't think it was interesting. Would that be the case if it, it turned out one of these European strongmen she doesn't like, if, if their kid was doing it? Would it be the case if the Trump family were doing it? This is the problem here is that there's so much moral relevancy within the media these days over these sorts of issues. You can't really say for sure, but her dismissive, I just, I did not find the story very interesting. Really? You're, you're having a, a conversation, the Institute of Politics on Disinformation, and notice she doesn't even get to the rest of the question. She just didn't find it very interesting. I will tell you, uh, there was one poll that suggested uh, some of Joe Biden's voters would have changed their mind. I don't know whether they would have or not. But the Hillary Clinton campaign maintains that James Comey's late letter suggesting they were continuing to look into the Hillary Clinton email server shifted the election. You might just think had this story gotten traction, it could have shifted the election. I mean, the Democrats have been screaming forever that the problem with James Comey's letter was its timing caused votes to go to Donald Trump. Perhaps the Hunter Biden emails would have done the same thing. We don't really know. But the Clinton team sure believes something like that could sway the election. Um, but she doesn't find it interesting because she was broken by Donald Trump and has lost a lot of the integrity she once had, like so many people in the press. Well, I keep telling you guys, uh, the border issue is a real problem for the Democrats. And, and again, it's worth noting in the in just March, there were 29 Republican ads about the border. It is not good for the Democrats. And now there is a bipartisan group attempting to block the end of Title 42. Now, if if you weren't here um, the other week, 
let me just explain very briefly. Title 42 was a public health section. It allows the Surgeon General to keep people from coming into the country during the middle of a pandemic. Donald Trump did it. Interestingly enough, some of the Democrats who were upset about it going away were upset Trump did it. Raphael Warnock of Georgia was a vocal critic of Donald Trump uh, employing Title 42 and now doesn't want it to go away. Kristen Sinema and James Langford, a Democrat from Arizona, Republican from Oklahoma in the Senate, uh, have said they are drafting a bill that would say they the president can't get rid of Title 42 authorization without a plan in place to deal with the spillover effects of illegal aliens coming into the country. They're expecting millions, not hundreds of thousands, millions of people to come into the country. And guess what the Obama, or the not the Obama team, it used to be with the Obama phone, now it's the Biden phone. They're giving phones to illegal aliens when they come into the country. Here's the White House press secretary. Thank you, Jen. First on immigration, our team in Texas is uh, saying that you guys are starting to give smartphones to border crossers, hoping that they'll use the phones to check in or uh, to be tracked. I, which part of that is supposed to deter people from crossing illegally into the states? Well, I, I think you of all people, since you've asked me a range of questions on this topic over time, would recognize that we need to take steps to ensure that we know where individuals are and we can track and, and we can check in with them. So, okay, there's a there's a level of naivete in this administration, is there not? They, they really believe that it, we, we, they could impose sanctions to stop Vladimir Putin from invading Ukraine. It didn't work. And right now, they, they really, truly believe that if you, if you give illegal aliens coming to this country cell phones, we'll be able to check in with them. That they would never, y'all, they would never get rid of the SIM cards. They would never not answer the phone. They would never swap phones with someone else. They would never do that. Pure as the driven snow. They're really going to give cell phones to illegal aliens and presume that they're going to call and check in on occasion. How willfully naive can these be? And by the way, it is willful. It is willful. They know damn well what's going to happen. Governor Abbott of Texas is having none of this. He's announced they're going to start uh, putting the illegals on buses and sending them to Washington, D.C. To help local officials whose communities are being overwhelmed by hordes of illegal immigrants who are being dropped off by the Biden administration, Texas is providing charter buses to send these illegal immigrants who have been dropped off by the Biden administration to Washington, D.C. We are sending them to the United States Capitol where the Biden administration will be able to more immediately address the needs of the people that they are allowing to come across our border. <laughs> That's pretty great. That's pretty great. So Texas, when the Border Patrol allows these people to go into Texas, Texas will then uh, put them on buses and send them to Washington, D.C. It's not a bad plan. Not a bad plan at all. The, the willful naivete of this administration pretending that these people are all going to be law-abiding. I mean, they've broken the law to come here in the first place. And yet, once they get here, they're all going to be just, just hunky-dory. This, 
This doesn't go over well with Hispanic voters in this country. I know the Democrats don't believe this, but literally every poll shows Hispanic voters are some of the most hostile to an open border. Why? Because they and their families generationally have taken the time to come here and do it legally, and they don't like the fence jumpers who come in and and, and, and then want amnesty. They don't like it. And a lot of these people in Arizona, New Mexico, California, Texas, it's these Hispanic voters in the United States whose husbands and sons are the Border Patrol agents getting shot at. The Democrats do not, they have lost touch with this issue. They do not understand this issue to their detriment. The problem for Republicans is that they can use it to take back the House and the Senate, but they still won't have the White House for two more years. Now, let me go to the phones. 877-973-7425. Ebony, you're going to be up first today. Welcome. Yes, hi. I had a question, and my question is, why are the Republicans, with the exception that you just gave of the buses going back, but why are they letting these candidates get away with um, running as far away from the Democratic Party as they can? We should be tying them all back to Biden. So instead of it being Beto O'Rourke, it should be Beto Biden. Instead of it being Stacey Abrams, it should be Stacey Biden. They should be so tied together with their policies and their ad campaigns that everybody thinks they're twins. So, oh, and, and you know, and, they run and, and, look, I, they're I, running I, these generals. Now, oh, now keep in mind, no, no, keep in mind. Uh, so the, the I was playing in large part these Democrat ads. The Republican counterattacks to these ads are coming, and they're going to do exactly what you and I want them to do. Uh, you'll, they'll probably even see some of the effects where they morph Stacey Abrams into Joe Biden. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. They're going to tie <laughs> the Democrats to these people uh, like you haven't seen before. Uh, I, I'm interested yes. to see the attacks. Yes, because they, they're the ones that stumped for them. They're the ones that put them in office, essentially. You came all down to the community and made sure everyone registered to vote and did all of this stuff to get them elected, and now you're trying to run. We shouldn't allow them to do that. Every time Trump said something dumb, they shoved the microphone in, in every Republican's face and asked about drinking bleach. We should do the same Amen. thing. And if you're not going to do it, then, you know, you're in the wrong business because that's just how, this is how uh, it looks like the game is played. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave you on the phone here and have this conversation with you, Ebony, because I am convinced I was going to talk about this later, but we might as well do it now while you're on the phone because you're fired up about it, too. I am convinced the Democrats are going to run the most ruthless, nasty political campaign we have ever seen this year, because if they can't hold the Senate now, they're not going to be able to hold it in 2024, and they're going to be more ruthless than we've ever seen. And I think the Republicans have to dish it back out to them and be as ruthless to the Democrats in the ad campaign as the Democrats are to them. Yes, I yes, I agree. I just think that they should stop letting them run. No, y'all are tied together. We're going to put y'all together, all y'all hugging all together while you could be um, drilling and doing things to lower the prices. No, we're going to put y'all simultaneously and put your policies simultaneously because y'all all wanted the same thing. You got it. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? I, 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 you may need to. I just may need to let you talk for the next hour. <laughs> this okay. You sound pa- really passionate on this one. I just, I just can't understand. People can't see straight through things. Sometimes, sometimes people don't look behind the scenes. So the commercials and the ads are the only way that mm-hmm. you have to get to people. So Republicans not to, need to start spending money. Put an ad on BET about how you know 
uh, Hunter Biden was using the N-word. Put an ad on TV about how Joe Biden, when he was in the Senate floor, was using the N-word. Put it out there. You got to run those ads because the only way people know is through television. Put an ad on CNN. You can't always put everything on Fox because it's not getting to the people. A lot of times when I talk to my friends who are 99% Democrat, they don't know the things I tell them. I have to send them the clip because it's never covered or talked about. So you can't run your typical regular, we're for low taxes. Okay, that's great, but you need to sometimes meet the people where they're at. You have to kind of educate them and bring them up to show them, hey, did you know that um, he he signed an executive order for transgender transgender sports? Um, How do you think um, Keisha feels about losing her scholarship to a white man? Put that out on BET. Let's see what they have to say about that. (laughs) Because they don't understand and they don't know what the policies are. All they're being told is Republicans are bad. Democrats are here to save you and we're good. But that's not the case. But if you don't read behind the lines and you, you, you don't know, you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm going to let you go there. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you, Ebony. You're absolutely right. Amen to everything you just said. And, you know, uh, to your point, Republicans should not shy away from advertising on uh, TV stations like BET that are uh, catered towards the black community. You know, there's a, a radio network out there, iHeartRadio. They have an entire uh, network, uh, the Black Information Network. And it's essentially they have a bunch of radio stations they didn't want to get rid of. They didn't know what to do with them. And after the George Floyd stuff, uh, to, to virtue signal to some degree, they said, hey, we're going to turn these into the Black Information Network stations. Uh, I don't know how well funded they are, not heavily advertised, but they do have some listeners. You should be advertising there. Uh, advertise everywhere you can and get this out. To what Ebony just said, you're going you're gonna to lose your daughter's scholarship to a, a white guy who says he's a girl. Because overwhelmingly, you know, and the, the the transgender issue, it's it's white men who believe that they're the women. They're the ones coming for your your black daughter's scholarship. And you know the coaches are going to give it to them because they're going to have more athletic prowess because they're actually a guy. This, by the way, uh, Public Opinion Strategies, which is one of the best polling companies in the nation. They are Republican-leaning, and, and some people will dismiss the polling because it's Republican-leaning. But they're so highly regarded, people in the media Pay attention to these sorts of polling and public opinion strategies. uh, Robert Blizzard, one of their pollsters, has out a national survey of a thousand registered voters. The poll has a plus or minus 3.5%. Given the way the media talks about these issues, you would probably never know this. But in this poll, public opinion strategies, a thousand registered voters nationwide with a plus or minus 3.5% margin of error, it turns out that 61% of voters support the Florida legislation, the Parental Rights and Education Act that the Democrats call the Don't Say Gay Bill. Here's the the issue. Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through the third grade or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Do you support that language in the law? 61% say yes. By 67-21, Americans say the discussion of gender identity is inappropriate for children in kindergarten through third grade. Only 8% of Americans believe states should remove gender from birth certificates. 
And by a 60 to 24% margin, voters believe transgender athletes should only be allowed to play on sports teams that match their birth gender. You don't hear about this in the media. The media takes the side of the transgender athlete. The media takes the side of the uh, people who want to talk about sex to kindergartners. The media takes that side all the time, relentlessly. The Republicans have picked an issue that has 60% support nationwide that transcends party lines. 55% of Democrats support the law in Florida. 53% of Biden 2020 voters support the law in Florida. 67% of parents support the law in Florida. 61% of people who know someone in the gay community support that law. And the Democrats and the media oppose it. The Republicans should be driving this issue home. And by the way, again, 60% of voters believe that a uh, someone who was born a male should only play on a male uh, sports team. These are issues where there's a great disconnect in the media Democrat bubble in New York and Washington, and the rest of America is on the side of common sense. Now, let me tell you something commonsensical you can do if you got bad odors in your house or your car, uh, your hotel room, your, your basement, your RV, you can get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It is a small device. You can hold it in your hand, but it packs a wallop. It will eliminate odors, and it's also a filterless air purifier. You just wipe it out on occasion. And you get rid of the dust, the mold, the mildew, the bacteria, the pollen floating in your house or wherever you are. What you do, you get a three-pack right now for less than $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden. EdenPureDeals.com. And you use my discount code. You'll be met with a, a box on the front page of that website. You put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, three. Eric and the number three. No space, Eric, three. And you will see a deal for the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack. You'll get three of them for less than $200. You can get uh, all three of them with $200 savings. That brings it down to less than $200. And you get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. You eliminate odors, get rid of the dust floating in the air, and you get three of them. One for upstairs, downstairs, the basement, or your RV. I keep one in my suitcase for when I travel. If the hotel room or the rental car stinks, you can plug it up with a USB cord, too, not just with the wall outlet. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. David, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, Eric? Good, how are um, you? I just want to, I have a little bit of a disagreement with what you said earlier about right. that the Democrats are out of touch with Hispanic uh, population in the United States. Uh-huh. Um, my wife, my wife is Cuban. We have some very close friends who are from Venezuela, and we also have very close friends who are from Mexico. So I have uh, knowledge and inspiration from wide breadth of Hispanic people in the United States, and I can tell you that nine out of ten of them are republican and conservative and are furious at the democrats for what they're doing with the southern border mm-hmm. and clearly the democrats their goal isn't that they're out of touch with the hispanic community they don't care their goal is to flood this country with as many illegal aliens as they can possibly get in and to give them the right to vote like they have done in new york city and in california where they're giving them the right to vote. Their goal is to just make the Hispanic vote in this country that's conservative not matter. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, you know, I get that a, a lot, David, and and I, I suspect I'm in the minority here. Um, my view of it is that as Hispanic voters come to this country, they become conservative. Um, and and like, I've got a friend of mine who's a democratic consultant who actually behind the scenes tries to convince the Democrats, the worst possible thing they can do is be pro, uh, illegal immigration, uh, pro amnesty because they're just creating new generations of Republican voters, not democratic voters over time. Now there certainly is a subset of, uh, Hispanic voter who comes into this country who's deeply liberal. Interestingly enough, it's actually uh, people who are descendants from Mexico, people who are from uh, immigrants from South America and the Caribbean tend to actually wind up voting Republican. Immigrants from Mexico tend to wind up voting Democrat, which is why they're OK with the southern border flow, um, but not all the other flow that comes from Central and South America, because there is something to it. Uh, the Democrats believe that in, in California, New Mexico, those border areas, uh, if you have immigrants who come in from, for example, Mexico, Central America, they tend to vote Democrat. But Cuban immigrants overwhelmingly vote Republican. And for the longest time, Democrats thought if you were from Puerto Rico, you would vote Democrat. Turns out, as Florida has seen, uh, the overwhelming uh, majority of Puerto Rican immigrants to Florida wound up voting uh, Republican. In fact, Ron DeSantis would not be governor of Florida, but for the Puerto Rican vote. And the Democrats, if you recall, after that bad hurricane down there, uh, incentivized uh, Puerto Ricans moving to Florida, anticipating that by flooding Puerto R- by flooding Florida with a bunch of Puerto Rican voters, they would uh, shift the state Democrat. In fact, Barack Obama, in all of his genius, the man who lost more seats in a midterm election than any other president, such a strategic genius, flipped Florida to the GOP, probably permanently. It's weird to think that Florida is now more of a Republican state than Georgia, but that's the reality in large part thanks to how the Democrats handled immigration, thinking they could take it for advantage. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.